that was a lackluster top pop. No, it was it was half it was subpar. That's all right. The universe is even even calling us out because I have a confession to make. We're not drinking a beer right now. It's all we're, right. We're breaking the rules. It is eleven a.m. on a Sunday, so we can't really justify yeah. drinking a beer. Right? We could, but I think that would be a borderline problem. <laughs> Potentially. DCI Finals 2017 in the books. We had one hell of a weekend. Oh, dude, it was great. Able to make it up, go in and watch the semifinals from a really good vantage point, I felt like. I was a little skeptical at first because we were up at the very like upper deck, but we were on like the 600 40... section, yeah. Yeah, it was like the 40-yard line, side one. Yeah. Yeah, you're 12 if you're in the audience. Yeah, side yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I, I always forget that shit. And I was worried like the dome was going to swallow a lot of the clarity and sound, but nope, everything cut all the way up there. And yeah, was... we heard a lot of really good stuff and some not great stuff. So made it inside for semifinals. I think we made it the top 13 groups from Mandarin's on. Yeah, I think Mandarin's was the first group we which saw. Which is the most band I think we both ever watched oh my in God. one sitting. It was like I... mind numbing. I can't watch band that long. <laughs> we got to like seventh group in and I had to bite the bullet and just buy an $8 beer. Like, yeah, it had like an hour long intermission because of the rain. I was like, all right, I have to get a beer. I'm going crazy watching all of this band right now. It was too much, but it was overall it was a lot of fun. And then the next day, finals, we were where where all the real action happens. Yeah, Military Park, Indianapolis. That those lots, the lot just, hype. Yeah, you see everybody, see everybody, all the groups and all your old friends. Which is why we really go to DCI finals after you age out. Let's be real. Yeah, like we were able to after semifinals go over to the bases, which is where everybody hangs out across from the stadium, both after semifinals and finals. And you just see so many people that you marched with that live on opposite parts of the country. And I told you or told them it's just like going to a high school reunion, but with people you actually care to talk to. <laughs> so yeah, after you age out, which by the way. Welcome to Aged Out Podcast, episode six. Yep. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Fantini, and sitting on this couch, we're sitting on a couch this week, is Mr. Evan Worrell. What'd you think? Of the weekend? Of the groups, of all of it. Dude, well, I guess starting semifinals, the groups, I'll just kind of run down the groups that I thought had the, like, really cool shows. Like, I liked Crossman's show, I really liked Boston's show, they did the, the Wicked Game show, the... Burn and the Witch did not like Cadet's show. The Bernstein's mass was like, wow, this is... I think they just took it way too far. And I feel so bad for that drum corps as a whole. Because that horn line was really good. They moved really well. They marched really well. They marched too. really well. And those dumb robes they started in, you couldn't tell. Like, haven't groups learned that lesson in the past where if you have robes on like that, it, you just can't see the, leg, the lines see of the, the legs. Feet, you can't tell. And they weren't wearing it the whole show, but I... I would imagine members of that drum corps from this summer are a little frustrated that that was the show they had to perform all season. Could be, could be wrong. Could be wrong. There. Uh, I really liked Vanguard's show. Dude, Vanguard's so much show, energy. You know, There's I so wanted them energy. to win. I said it on this podcast before in previous episodes, but when you watch BD, you just can't deny the clarity. Yeah. They, out of the field. Just the level of clarity yeah. that group gets. It's just... And some might argue that it's more clarity because of how easy it is compared to other groups in the marching arena. But I mean, if that's the game being played right now and the judges are rewarding it and they're not getting, getting, getting crapped on from yeah. an adjudicational standpoint. Yeah. Just the right to, word, right? Just to jump on that sidebar real quick. Whatever. If I was someone designing a show, cause people do all these like 
quad cams, baritone cams, blah, blah, blah. Them like first person views of their show. If I was somebody in another drum corps, because there's been a few of the Blue Devils members that have released those videos, for instance, the quad cam one that we watched, I'd be like, if this is how little you can march and win, then we're going to do that. Because yeah. they don't march at Take all. Take your ego, put it in your back pocket, and if if just play the game. And from a competitive standpoint, you have to adjust and adapt to the uh, competitive landscape. Yeah. And if the competitive landscape lends itself towards way more body movement and scatter drill and dancing around and less of like action. staged moments exactly more of a production idea you just got to do it i guess and it i hate to say that because i my some of my favorite drum corps shows are early 2000s cadets late 90s cadets where it was just run and gun drum corps yeah like, it's not that like the blue devils like the watching that quad cam i was like man this dude probably didn't even uh probably yep. didn't break a sweat in this show <laughs> We we actually watched it right before we started recording this because I hadn't seen it yet. He wanted me to see it. And I think it was like four and a half minutes into the show before the guy actually moved around and played anything with quads on. Yeah. <laughs> four and a half minutes. One, if that was how my show was, I wouldn't put that on the internet. <laughs> like, <laughs> Especially I if I just won a gold medal and won drums on the field finals night. Like, I would, I would not put that on the internet. But... And you watch, you're looking at groups like Cadets and Crown and those those drum lines and Blue Coats and other top groups. Like those drum lines are running around that field for large chunks of their shows. Yeah. And then you watch this quad cam, and it's like I think he marched and played at the same time for a total of maybe two minutes, maybe throughout their twelve and a half minute show. Yeah. Is that a fair guesstimate? Maybe. I I want to go back and watch it and time it. <laughs> I, I want to time it because I. I was blown away at how little and how when they were moving and playing, it was tempo like they'd move like halftime in the quick tempos. Yeah, like, they wouldn't even march like one. I don't think they marched and played over one eighty at any point. <laughs> Maybe not, if even close to one eighty. But it's just ridiculous. But, but they 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 moved great. They played great. They were by far the cleanest group from a technical standpoint. Uh, they designed well, so I think that I think they deserve the win. I wanted Vanguard to win, but I. I think Blue Devils I, deserved I it. I think everyone wanted yeah. Vanguard to win. One, <laughs> the Oreo not, Boris. Yeah, if <laughs> not only because they shirts. haven't done it since 99. Uh, yeah, 99 I think is the last time they won. Yeah. Well, that's the end of that round. And rant. they tied. Yeah. Let's, let's jump over to the marching percussion side a little more specifically since that is the goal of this whole yeah, yeah. thing here. We just had to go I, on that rant. I don't know because I didn't teach anything. I wasn't around drums the whole year leading up to this summer and I jumped back into teach working with a high school in Louisville. I don't know if because my ears were more open, I felt like, especially in the lot, the attention to detail is like out the window, except for a couple select groups, which we'll get into in a second. But every group ticked in the lot, except for, I think, a couple. Let's clarify. Everybody ticks in every lot. But what what he means by that is like a lot of little stuff, like like, all these little inner beat things, like little attacks, little little diddles here and there like we're just not there the consistency of approach just i feel like is not there on the whole anymore and i don't know if it's that whole like we've talked about before that wgi effect where it becomes more about going crazy like we've talked like performing performing your ass off like we've talked about blue knights how they're like really going hard in that direction yeah I thought they weren't as clean as they've been the past couple of years. And that performance level of aggression, I thought was higher this year than in past years. And 
it's got to affect it to some degree. It's got to, it has to affect the level of clarity because of how detail oriented this activity is to be perfect. Yeah. When you're adding all that extra motion to what you're doing, it just makes it that much harder. Like the only groups that I would say really impressed me were in the lot at least were the cadets crown and honestly the crossman now i know i've been trumpeting the crossman like all season i did all season but i mean evan and i were sitting there right in front of them in their lot finals day and dude all the flam grace notes were consistent across the snare line the technique and that is something else we want to talk about the whole snare line and the quad line the uniformity of technique Dude, they nailed it. They just had such a good balanced sound. Like, was their book as challenging? Not even close. No. Not even it close. It wasn't. But they were achieving it at a high level. Exactly. And I was just like, man, they had all those, like, cold attack rolls. And they're just all in there. I was they're like. good. Because yeah. they were all turning their wrist the same way. They were all. And something else that I think, like, has come with that increased emphasis on performance um, and going for it, if you will. A lot of these groups don't have a defined drumming technique anymore. Like, for example, the one that sticks out to me is, like, the blue coats. All those snare drummers' hands are moving a different way. And they're hitting the drum a different way with different levels of velocity and different sound qualities and tones being produced from their sticks. And it's the attention to... I'm sorry, I'm getting heated over here. (laughs) It's just frustrating because the attention to detail is what originally drew me to this activity. And it's just getting thrown out the window. I mean, I was not impressed with almost anyone... Except for those three groups I said a minute ago. Now, was Vanguard very good? Yes. Was Were the Blue Devils very good? Yes. But they all gave stuff up. I think BD did have a pretty good approach. Vanguard, yeah, so I, I think I, I, Vanguard right. and Paul Rennick's lines, historically, like, they don't talk a lot about technique. They all move similarly, but really it's just like, I've always heard that the focus there is just like balance and blend, which is apparent and works. Yeah. But... Even standing in their lot, like they had some stuff. I was just like, no, yeah, sir. It, their quad line was filthy good, though. Quad line was good. Their quad line was nasty. I feel like their snare line was not quite up to what. It's they not a Paul Rennick snare line that I would associate with, like, like I don't know some of his past great yeah, ones. Definitely not. Anyway, well, let's just start. Like we we made it in the lot, and. We got to see everyone, I think, except BK. That was the only group we didn't see, and honestly, I didn't really. I only saw the cabbies for a few seconds. Yeah, I, I wasn't really. I didn't really want. They to started playing snare drum splits, and I just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we started off uh, at Scouts, which you saw I'm, the Scouts glad, more than I did. I'm glad Scouts made it back in the finals, but I think that they have an exponential room for growth in just like their drum line like i know what they can do and i don't think they achieved what they can do uh see i i I didn't watch anything last year i think i i think i watched like the stream of finals for the 2016 season i didn't go i didn't like i was totally out of the loop so did they improve from last year still was the was the drum line better than it was in 2016 i think so yeah that's me that's all you really honestly when you're trying to build when a program I feel like falls off like that, and I'm not saying they fell off off, but they didn't make finals. Well, they fell out of finals. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you would consider that being the baseline for falling off the cliff. But when you're trying to inch your way back up, that's all you can really ask for. Like, get better. Year are to you year. getting better year to year? Was yeah. your percussion section better than it was the previous season? And if it was, 
you might need you might still want to make a couple of small staff tweaks or whatever approach tweaks but at the end of the day you can't be super unhappy with that yeah because you still made progress in the direction you wanted to go in who and then eleventh? I think Blue Stars is we watched. I think next. Crossmen were yeah. Blue Stars were next. So who we Crossmen saw were next. late to the lot. Yeah, Crossmen Josh, were we late. Texted Josh was like, "Where the hell are you all? Uh, late as always. Uh, um, whatever." So we watched Blue Stars next. Blue Stars. I mean, sitting there watching them in the lot, I was just like, "Man, yeah, like it sounds great. Like the Blue approach Storm. sounds great, but it's just so soft." It was confirmed. Whisper Jet confirmed. Like, they just don't hit the drums. Because, I mean, it, it, we watched them in semifinals. Sound quality is great. And, like, inside. But, and from inside up top, I think we heard every other drum line but theirs. Well, I made this comment to you during their performance that even during moments where they're in the, they're, there's a percussion feature I think they had. The percussion wasn't super exposed for that show. I'll give them that. No, they weren't. Um, from a design standpoint. But they're in the front of the field, and it's like a full percussion moment. So the front's playing and cymbal crash impacts and stuff. They were almost inaudible, like the inner beats. Yeah. You heard the impacts and the accents, but anything in between you couldn't hear over anything the pit was doing. And like the horn line's not even playing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's it's gr- great approach to the drum, uh, but it just got to hit the, it's, it's outdoor. Just yeah. You just got to hit. A little more velocity. A little, little bit more. A little more velocity little behind the stroke. Oomph. Uh, but, I mean, they played really well on the lot, like we'd been saying all season. Like, it conf- I mean, the videos weren't lying. They sounded great. They still gave up little stuff, like I said, like everybody else did. Yeah. More than I remember groups giving up at this point, but that was across the board, honestly. Um, then we went over to Crossman's lot. I and think Crossman overall should have leaped Blue Stars in drums and in show finish placement. I think that Crossman should have been 10th. Mm. Or maybe even 9th. Who was 9th? Phantom. All right. I would have put Crossman above Phantom. Well, let's just we'll, we'll go Crossman. So Crossman's lot, we kind of hit on that. They played really well. Uh, was the book the most challenging? No, definitely not. But it, they played it really well. It was challenging in places, but I mean, definitely groups above them had harder, harder stuff. Um, I think you're you're saying they should have jumped the Blue Stars in drums too. Yeah, and I think that goes to that argument. The Blue Stars book was obviously harder, mm-hmm. but. I think the Crossmen played their book with a higher level of clarity than from the, the Blue Stars. From did. the top where we sat, the the Crossman's battery cut more than any other battery, or on equal par to any other battery. Those snare rolls, they were in the, like behind the back hash, and they just you could hear those snare rolls, just those crescendos all the way up at the top. It was beautiful. Well, snare tuning on point. I asked we we asked Josh actually who tuned their drums, and it was Lucas. What's his last name? Pronunciation Van Giesen, Van Giesen. That may be incorrect. He Sorry, marched Lucas. Crown and Cadets and stuff, right? He was at Crown when Josh was there. Yeah, and, and then, then he was he at would, Cadets. Aged out at Cadets yep. in what year? Uh, 2014. He was in the drum line when they won the Sanford, though, the 13th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, apparently Josh said he did a phenomenal job. I think he did, too. I mean, the, uh, Him and Drew Anderson. Drew was on most of the summer, uh, who was also in that 2013 Cadets line and marched okay. for the mix. And then Lucas helped fill in. But I think Lucas was the one that tuned uh, the drums for finals week. It sounded great. Yeah. I need to email him and pick his brain. <laughs> find out what he did at those Yamahas because they sounded phenomenal. So after that, we made our way to, was it, was it Phantom. Cadets? No. Phantom. 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 All right. Here we go. Okay. So if you want confirmation of anything we're saying, I took lot videos of all these groups we watched. Yeah. You can go to the YouTube channel and check lot videos out of all of them. 
and see if you agree or disagree with us about all the little stuff or whatever. Um, Phantom, there were seven snare... They only had three quads or four quads? Four. Okay, so they still had four quads. But for seven snare drums, they should have been cleaner. They sounded awful. They... Uh, I was trying to be a little nicer, but... No, they're snare drums. Dude. And I don't think that's maybe indicative of the way they can play, but in their final slot, they sounded awful. Their bass drums were fire. Dude, that bass line was I great. I think they had one of the... I And I sent, uh, actually, Joey, the bass tech, a message. Like, my honest opinion... Like, my personal opinion, I think they were one of the top three bass lines in DCI. Phantom, uh, Cadets, and Bluecoats would be my top three. Maybe not. Maybe I think Cadets was the best. Order. Cadets' bass I think line Cadets was had the best bass super line. consistent. Oh my god, dude. That was that bass line was so, so good. And I think Bluecoats definitely probably... I think Bluecoats had the best bass line, but I didn't like the book. I didn't like what they were playing. I didn't yeah. think it was a super showcase of what they could actually do. You know, I thought like they really weren't exposed that much, except for the very beginning of the show where they ran out from behind the yeah, prop yeah. playing that But lick, anyway, like... Phantom, Baseline, I thought was phenomenal. Their snares and quads, I thought, had a pretty rough finals lot. I would agree with that. Like, whew, it's just stuff flying all over the place. It, and low-end quality, just not there. No. No. And I don't know if that's a product of the way the book was written or if just they just had a bad day. Maybe, said before, maybe they did. Groups but... can have a bad day. I mean, you don't want your bad day to be finals day, but it can. it's happened in the past. Yeah. If that's what happened, it isn't the first time it's happened, and it sure as hell isn't going to be the last time a group has a bad day on finals day. Yeah, for sure. Um, you don't want to see it happen as a fan and spectator. Or as a player. Or as a player. <laughs> um, but it, it can happen, so... Then we, after Phantom... That was when we went to Cadets. We went to Cadets, which was, like, getting there after the, all those groups that we had just seen previously, we were just, like, it was, like, night and day. It wasn't even the same. Yeah. It was, like, not even the same activity, almost. I was like, this is what I've been waiting to hear all day. Yep. Best group we'd seen that day to that point, without a doubt. Those those, those guys... Just listening to them play their triplet rolls exercise, I was like, yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, uh, yeah. They, they were just... I mean, I was, I've got, I got three different videos. I made sure I wanted to get a lot of, a lot of footage of them because I knew they were going to be good. And I think and they, they just flew under the radar, man, because all year because the their show, they they weren't finishing like up and top. And They're, we'll get into finals judge tapes because we've, we, we, Evan yeah. has through the black market of judges tapes acquired about four at this point from finals night from Prospery. Yeah. And there's a couple more he's trying to work on getting. Yeah. If we get them, we'll talk about them in the future, uh, on future episodes. But we're going to get into that later, and we'll talk more about specifics of placement. But that 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 drumline got dogged, man. And you know what? I You mentioned Basie's, which is the bar next to Lucas Oil that everyone goes and hangs out at after the show's over, yeah. all three nights of whatever. I, I, ran, I got to talk to the cadets bass tech for a minute, and I was just like, man, what? What's going on? Like you guys are throwing down better than probably almost anybody. Just just as good as the groups that are getting first and second. Like what is happening? And he's like, well, he goes, we're getting dogged on. It's like we've talked about before on this podcast. What we think is what's happening. Getting dogged on the front content. Yeah, front on. And he said the show. Did, well, actually, no, he didn't say the show didn't help them. He never made that comment. But I assuming I, I guarantee the show did not help them. And he was like, at this point. What matters is the street cred. Like, yeah, man. guys like you walking up to us saying, you guys are throwing down. Like, you guys are one of the best groups out here this year. And he goes, at this point, we can't change the way the judging, the judges are viewing what we're doing at this point. Yeah. Um, 
So what we care about is street cred. And I'll give them all the street cred that I can because they deserve it. Like, they just they just played so so well. And yeah, they probably had, like, a couple things here, like crest diddle, like a hand pressure thing, but, like, it was so small. And just on the grand scheme of things, I was just so impressed with what they And that doing. reminds me, it's like, other... We, We've met, we've harped on a lot of the groups letting all these little things slide, but it happened so much less often. That was terrible grammar. So much <laughs> less often. Less frequently. Them, less frequently. Thank you. Um, in their lot than anybody else's. And it's like Tim Jackson said one time, he's like, if you have a perfect run and there's like one count where somebody ticked an attack or the first couple of diddles of that roll weren't great, but the rest of them was great. He goes, it's like looking up at a perfectly clear blue sky and having one cloud right there and focusing on that one cloud and forgetting the perfect clear blue sky around it. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to harp on those couple of little hand pressure things or a little minor attack because it happens so infrequently with them yeah. that it's like, I'm not going to ignore the rest of the uh, quality they were they were. Don't in my face. I feel like that's my perspective when I'm watching these groups. Like, if somebody takes, like, a, a pickup note and, like, the rest of it's great, I'm just like, ah, whatever. Forget about that thing. But if you have stuff in all and out time. all the time, then I'm like, I can't, I can't enjoy it. <laughs> yep. yep. But, yeah, cadets jamming all day long. Good then for we those went guys. To... Then we went to Boston. Yes. Boston. Drum, drum tuning is so dry. Guys. Snare drum tuning is so dry. You, I'm, I hate to break it to you, Boston Crusaders. You guys were good and had a hell of a year, like night and day difference last year to this year. Oh, yeah. McNutt came in, did a great job with his him and his staff, and those kids had a phenomenal summer. You weren't clean enough to have your drums that, that dry. Man, they... Sorry, you just weren't. Yeah. To ha- I, I'm talking, like, choked off, like, almost no snare response. Like, I don't know... I didn't... I never saw the bottom heads. I don't know how they were tuned. Yeah. But it was tw- two or three times drier than any group we saw that day and, and they were they not were dry helping. inside too oh god semis night Ugh. they started playing and we were like it sounded like their top heads were like i'm not saying they were but it sounded like the tops were reefed i was like Ugh. whoever tuned those did not help them and i don't know yeah. if they were just trying to go for it to try to their shots sounded great but like true they were so high pitched. It was like, but it's just it was not it wasn't helping them it was not they weren't they weren't clean enough no. to have drums that dry you have to be like pr- almost Immaculate, pristine, yeah, almost pristine, and they were not. They did not help themselves, but they still played well. Obviously, I, great. Uh, well, obviously, a great improvement. Correct. Uh, but I think they rode the hype train a little bit. Yeah, they I think got, that whole core did a little bit. I this think year. they got the momentum, like just from the beginning of the season. Like, whoa, this is Boston. And yeah, they like, went from twelfth place last year to, to six. sixth. Like, they rode that hype wave a little bit. Were they bad? By no means. That drum core was good. They were, should have been in the middle of the pack where they finished. But I'm saying people might be giving them more credit than they deserve. Was their drumline better than Cadets? No. <laughs> no, sir. Which is where they finished. No, them. sir. But then we went from them to Crown was the next group we went to uh, on Saturday. Cavies. We never watched Cavies. Well, we went to Blue Coats. That's right, Blue Coats. Before Crown. They were, Blue Coats was warming up at the same time the Cavies were. And I think, I, like I said, I walked yeah, over to the Cavies and they started playing cabbies. snare splits. And I said, all right, I'm going to leave now. So. Blue Coats. Blue, the Clue Boats. The Clue Boats. Stop, play, stop playing drum set while you're playing show music. Oh, dude, their lot was kind of like, it was just unprofessional to me. 
the whole thing was just unprofessional. I, like, I get the hype. I get that. Like, they're having fun. I had fun when I marched, but, like, we weren't, like, on our cell phones in between reps. Like, they yeah. were. Like, I was really on, glad man. you brought that up because me and you were standing with Dean Hickman behind all of, like, the young kids that were sitting right in front of him and stuff. And we're standing there watching. And just like taking between every exercise like they would they have a set the way they have a set number of reps and tempos for different exercises whatever between exercises they're like between every single one they're getting water and like fans are like taking pictures with them and stuff and it's like how are you staying focused and then you hear them play the next time and you're like oh you're not staying focused no okay like it just was super i don't know and they got the triple roll exercise and this made me laugh too um and the triple roll exercise is supposed to be like a bread and like by this point in the season, if you're a top four or five drum line, like that's like bread and butter, make your hands feel good, tune the ears in. It's all basically just in in the pocket every time. And it wasn't. Yeah. And and I think Dean looked over at you and goes, That was pretty good. And what'd you say? I was like, Yeah, pretty good, but like for a group that's competing for like a championship and trying to win a drum trophy is pretty good, but you want to use to describe it on finals day. Describe your triplet rolls exercise. No, it's not. It's not. It should just be perfect. It almost. should be great. Oh, that sounds great. They have, they're blended. They're balanced, and they weren't. As I don't know, just the vibe of their lot from the very beginning. I was like, this is it's a little too loose. I feel like they might have gotten too big for their britches from an ego standpoint. As like the, we've we've called them the rock stars of DCI at this point before. Yeah, they might have that getting to their head a little bit. I don't know, man. They, I mean, they won last year. I don't know if that has something to do with it. Like, we're we're in now. Like, I don't think we've arrived. I thought about this actually the other day when I was driving. I don't know if Blue Coats as an organization in a drum corps have ever won a caption award ever in their existence. And I don't I don't know if that's a true statement, but I can't think of any. Like, I don't think they've ever won best guard, best brass, best percussion. I don't think they they won best GE last year, but that's like a design caption. Like I don't think they've ever won a performance caption that I know of on finals night or at all. Like the won the trophy. Oh okay. Um, they may have won on finals night. Like I know in 2015 they got first, I think, on the field in percussion or something yeah, like I think that. You're but right there, as but like, far as like an award, like the Fred like Sanford at retreat, yeah, they handed them the best color yeah, guard the trophy, Zingali or, like, or the best I, Jim Ott Brass Award. I don't think they've ever won one of those. And I think that that is something... It's attention to detail, man. Yeah, I'm telling you. They, they just did not have good attention to detail this year. And, I mean, the base... Uh, I will say that outside of the baseline, from a drumline standpoint. I feel like the quads and snares, like Ryan Lamb and Tommy Rome, that baseline's good every year. Yeah. They, they, they know what they're doing. Baseline's good every year. But the snares and tenors, I just feel like have lost that attention to detail the last few years. I feel like... In the middle area, they played really well, like six to nine. But once you got like, if they played like big rolls or low end rolls, it was just gray. Was just well, I think that's. I feel like that middle area is where you can get away with not being quite as balanced or having because it's. It's where the least definition is. I guess yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. All right, and I hate harping on them because I'm an alumni. Like, I hate harping on them, but it's I'm just calling a spade a spade yeah i was much. I mean, like i don't have anything i was gonna march there i don't have anything against them it just no they didn't achieve i think they might need to reevaluate yeah their approach next we going watched, into next season next group we watched was crown which dude i'm so happy they're back man is they're back travis dan frankie andrew Rabano, and all you want to know why they're Sean back Mack. 
I'm I'm a broken record here. Why they're back is that attention to detail. Dude. Like approach, uniform approach on hitting the drum. Now, and we're gonna get into this. We'll once we go through the next couple groups, we'll talk about those finals tapes we got a hold of and talk and yeah, listen yeah. to. We have some notes and stuff and some discussions to have about them, and we'll get into more content based stuff there. But they just just did a great job. They nailed it, man. They did. They did not tick as much as other groups. They ticked less, way less, <laughs> <laughs> way less. Oh, and man. I was so happy for them. Like those guys that are friends of ours that are teaching. Uh, I thought they did a great job, just like with the kids that were there and getting them to buy into the approach and getting them to balance and blend. And it was sitting in that lot. I was just like them and cadets. I was just like, yes, Drum more, board. please. Can I have more of this, please? Was, and they just they just owned it and they they threw down man it's fire and they had that performance vibe and swag but it wasn't too much it was like natural motion exactly it was like we're not standing here like robots restricting ourselves from what what the body wants to do but we're not going all we're not going overboard we're not faking it yeah. we're not forcing it and i feel like some of these groups are forcing that aggression and performance just let the music draw it out of you yeah. let the drumming itself draw that performance aggression out of you and they did that uniformity of approach uh book might have been a little easy i think the performers outperformed the content they were given i don't i won't say easy i guess but i said a little I th- easy i didn't say easy i think they definitely with the talent they had there could have handled more probably so that's probably true after crown we made our way over to the old uh Santa Clara Vanguard. And the last two we watched were just Vanguard and BD, BD for a few minutes. Yeah, and I, like I watched Vanguard, and they were they were good. It's, I don't know. They were That's good. all I got. They were good. I mean, it was Rennick. Their snail line let some stuff go in the live. Like they had a couple Rick tickies, and it had some stuff that was like, was like I was like, whoa, what was that? Yeah, like, someone blow up. Someone's brain just leaked out their ear for a second and forgot where they were. Yeah, it um, was, uh, I think that their snare drum tuning comparing outside to inside helped them the most inside because mm-hmm. it was like a it was a wet snare tuning and i think it hid some of the some of the stuff that they did let go especially inside because they did sound good on semis from up top i was like man they're, yeah. they're they were they were the they best were, on the field sim as night yeah without a doubt um and then we saw bd which was like it's bd yeah same comment yeah. i mean it's just they were really good their show segments are so short and segmented like they're they playing play for like 30 seconds and yeah, then take a break and then play for 30 seconds some groups are like oh let's all right let's play the opener guys here we go they're like all right let's play h to j it's like oh play for 30 seconds all right next next chunk it's like what like they just don't play for long periods of time yeah ever it's just like 30 seconds here not even 30 seconds like maybe not. 15 seconds here 20 seconds over here like it's and it's great when they're playing but like we said, we watched that quad cam, and by all means, go watch it. Yeah, go yeah. to YouTube and type in Blue Devils 2017 quad, quad cam. cam. Very little beef. It will open your eyes <laughs> to the Blue Devils, in the sense that they played really well and they march well, but they're not marching and playing like the other groups are. I made Just a not. comment. I was like, we were watching that. I was like, man, I feel like. The brass is probably like on like set fifty, and the drum lines painted like six dots of the show. Yeah, <laughs> like they had that opening with the sixteen snare drums, and the drill for that was easy. They stayed in the front there, moved at tempo one twenty or something, and just kind of 
rotated some lines slowly and then we're in a straight line and playing this stuff and it worked from a show standpoint that 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 segment but then they did that and you're like two minutes into the show then the quads and bases i'm assuming that did have snare drums on go behind the pit take the snare drum off sit there for 30 seconds walk over do the feature put they put the quads on yeah. then they like marched for 12, 16, 12 counts, 16 counts to get them in front of the prop stand still play their quad feature and by that time we're like four minutes yeah we're like show. four and a half minutes <laughs> into the show and they've marched like 10 drill sets no faster than and they haven't moved and played once except 120 barely moving around yeah. with a snare drum on so that's what i'm saying Please, dude. design everyone go watch that <laughs> sh- video everyone listening to this when you're done with this go go watch it it will open your eyes i don't know why they put it on the internet <laughs> I wouldn't want to. I said it earlier. I wouldn't want to put that out there. I don't know, man. But it's almost arrogant to put that out there. It's like, hey, look how much less we're doing than all of you and still beating everybody's ass. That's true. It's almost like an arrogant move right there. I think maybe they maybe that's what they do in the design. Like they're sitting there like, let's see how easy how little we can do and still win. Challenge accepted. <laughs> this year this happens. year's a check mark. Yeah, right. <laughs> Minim it the show called minimalism. Dude, that's probably what they're designing next year. Minimalism. It's probably based on some sort of artwork or something. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right, but let's get into these. Do you want to get into the finals tapes we listened to? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So, like we said, and I think the crown tapes are on YouTube now. But I actually I did get them early, so I'm just throw myself out, throw myself in there. The crown he knows tapes, everybody. He, he uh, has stayed very well connected. <laughs> the cadets he's... tapes, the BD tape, and the. Uh, what was the other one? Blue Coast tape. We're still working on get trying to get the Vanguard Cavaliers and hopefully like BK or something because they were up there. Um, hopefully they'll give them to us now that they know we're going to talk about them. Hopefully. I hope so. Who are we kidding? Not enough people listen to this yet to care. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll get there. Growing. Tell your friends. All right. Which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, we'll start with Crown. Yeah, let's start with Crown. All right. Really good finals run. Um. I don't have any notes on that one because I didn't start taking notes on it until after I listened to it. So did you write anything down or you have any thoughts? No, but I remember okay. um, there were only – he only called like a couple things like here and there. Small things like Rick Ticky little ticks in there. And then at the end of the tape, Jeff Prospery said the words, most mature and cleanest crown percussion section I've ever adjudicated. And I ha- I can agree with that. Uh, he judged us in 09. Um, Finals? Semis. Okay. Uh, but he gave us a 19-7, which was dope. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, but we finished second. That year, in 09, is still, I think, the highest uh, placing crown drumline or percussion ensemble in history. Um, and our book was harder, for sure, than theirs this year, uh, both pit and battery. But I think that this year, they achieved their book better than we did and we achieved well we we did really great i have those finals tapes too um and we got second place but i think this year just the approach and the clarity that they achieved and the consistency was just second second to none the word consistency you just said there and we said earlier when we were watching them in the lot they all seemed to play the same way consistency of approach to the to playing the drum leads to consistency in the playing. Yeah. And what do you know, the most consistent from a playing standpoint, drum lines were the ones that played the same way. Yeah. There was consistency to approach to the, in approach to the drum. 
I would even say too, just like consistency of like a clarity, like performance to performance, like what they did each night was just super consistent. Like they came out and they played their design show and product consistently night to night. Yep. Um, so yeah, crowns tape, I actually listen to both their finals and their semis tape and their semis tape is better. Wow. <laughs> I think it's funny. A lot of just from having friends that have marched all over the place and having marched myself at blue coats, our quarters run was our best run. Do you think, have you heard more people say like their finals run wasn't the best of the three nights? I feel like I've heard a lot of people say that. Like, I don't know. Both in 09, our, our semis run, we got a higher score than our finals, but I think they were both about the same. There was like a couple spots that was like a different tick in each one. Um, but both were really good in 2010. Our finals run was definitely better than the other two. Yeah, for sure. We, yeah, 12, 2012, we peaked quarters night. I mean, the other two runs were obviously still very good, phenomenal yeah. runs, but like, uh, quarters, I think the group's consensus was quarterfinals was our, was our best drumline, drumline run of the, of the season. And that, that tapes on YouTube as well. Uh, it's a very good one. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's go to the cadets tape. Um, so I've got a few things I wrote down that stood out to me. It was almost like it took them a little while to find their groove in the sense that most of the stuff Prospery called on the drum line was in the first two or three minutes of the show. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, they like settled in and we're like, all right, now we're back in autopilot. Just another show. Yeah. Fi- the finals hype. The had, adrenaline kind of settled wore in. off a little bit yeah. and the adrenaline had taken over and they kind of just went into their groove and everything cleaned up. But there was some tap fives and some little stuff he called in the first two or three minutes of the show. And, there was and, also um, some stuff where it sounded gray on the tape, so you're like wondering, like, was he out of position? Was he like not right in front of the section that's like I'm hearing? Because you're like, ah, that doesn't sound great. But Prosperi in general is pretty good at calling it, calling it like it, it is yeah. uh, for the most part. I'll say, like, he's I would say 95 to 99 percent of the time he's he's on it, and he does a good job of getting out there for the moments that you want him out on the field. He for. does his homework. Yeah, he does his homework. He does his homework and knows when he should be in front of the pit. When he should be in front of the drum line. And he doesn't cower away from the drill like some people do. I feel like he'll just go out there and get in it. Somebody was telling me they watched him like dive between guard members and stuff at some point in certain shows. I believe it. He he chases those guys around the field. It's great. I think think him and Alan Christensen are the two best judges in in DCI for percussion. I wish JJ could judge. I like JJ too. Yeah, if they they could have for the three nights. Well, he he will once his son ages out. Yeah, once his son's he'll come, not hopefully, marching. Hopefully, hopefully, his son's marching Boston this summer. He marched Crossman last summer. He's a quad player. And then he marched Boston this summer. Um, the ideal three nights of finals from a judging standpoint to me would be Pipitone, Christensen, and Prosperi for the three nights. In that order. Yeah. From quarters to finals. And then, like, Todd Fox and some other people, how GIF in the box and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's some box judges. I'm like, uh, really? Here? Yeah. What are you doing? All right. <laughs> I want to point out the features, the cadets subsection features from finals okay. night, dude, except for one minor, minor thing in the quad feature, all three of those section features were flawless and Prospera just like lost his shit. Like it was awesome to listen to <laughs> like all th- they, all three sections nailed their features. It was awesome. That's when you finish and you just like feel great about it. You're like, yup, that was it. Nailed it. And then, so A point of contention we theorized about of why they were getting dogged a little bit, the cadets. Um, Prospery did address 
on their tape. He, he there were some like attacks that were bad when he was in front of the front mm-hmm. to start like keyboard phrases and runs and things and that he called out and then at what I what he did that I like a lot and I don't know if every judge does this um the show ends and he takes like 30 to 45 seconds to kind of give a summary of his thoughts yeah to kind of justify where he why he might have put you on the page number wise where he did so at the end of the cadets tape he um he hit on the depth of the content of the front mm-hmm. like he made it very clear like thematically the front content fit very well with the show i think what he said too was it supported the vocal line because they had that choir yeah the the front ensemble content supported the show design and the choir very well but also by doing that limited the content and the diversity of what they're able to write and give the performers to achieve correct and i think makes sense and then after that with the battery he basically said, great gave job. him big kudos <laughs> for having a great run, for great high level of maturity and environmental demand, like gave yeah. him props for all that stuff. But uh, again, he spelled out kind of, do you know he, where he put them on the recap sheet? Did he put them in eighth? Yeah. Really? I, yeah. I don't agree with that. So just Whatever. based, I don't agree with that. I don't care about the front. pit I'm was just not solely based on the drum. The line. front was not bad enough to pull that good of a drum line down to eighth place. Exactly. Not even close. Cause he says a little bit of that similar stuff on crowns tape, like the design, the design elements and the programmatic choices that they made limited somewhat of the content that both the battery and the front ensemble had. Mm-hmm. And so he said that like, basically what we said, the choices that they made maybe limited what, he said that the writing fit and was very well done with the content of the show, but it did limit maybe what they were able to ask the performers to do and give them as a, a content standpoint to achieve. Now I'm going to ask you this question. We've been talking up how we feel like they should have finished higher from a percussion in a percussion caption. Um, keeping it with reality and I can thank shout out to Ryan Lamb for asking me this question about a different group he goes who would you have put them above so who would we have put them above if not to have them in eighth who were they better than boston, boston. who's in seventh bk bk i probably would have put them above bk probably fifth place is where i would have put, I would them. put yeah, fifth or sixth because they're in eighth i probably would have put them sixth yes i i think they should have beaten boston and i think they should have beaten the blue knights in percussion yeah so whatever personal opinion i guess at yep. that point all right uh next tape blue coats um kind of the same <laughs> kind of the same thing in the first two or three minutes as the cadets tape um they had more stuff that the drum line was called out for than in the back half of the show it's like they settled in a little bit the adrenaline kind of wore off a lot of the roles and maybe this goes back to us saying their triplet role exercise wasn't Ooh. The roles weren't bad. I'm not saying rhythmically the roles were bad. They had a couple oh, scratchy ones. On. I'm uh, just saying. Scr- <laughs> I, I'm getting there. <laughs> the blend just was off. Yeah. Like, even when it was rhythmically clean, it still just didn't sound in there, if that makes sense. Yeah. They had a couple spots, too, where I think they got the uh, they got the star treatment, where he was standing in front of them, and they just chowed a phrase. And he was like, Oh yeah, that was really demanding. And I'm sitting there thinking, and 
It was also dirty. <laughs> so you could probably throw that phrase in there. There was one or two spots on the cadets tape where he did that too. Where you kind of just are like, was he out of position? Was he... We'll I talk really about, I guess after we finish Blue Devil's tape, we'll, we'll do some... We'll talk about the position and the reading, the groups like yeah. a little bit. But Now one thing he was very complimentary of of the Bluecoats, and I agree with this. They had a lot... Because the prop like changes the level of the performer and then just spacing in general, they had a lot of spatial demand. P- listening environments they played in, a lot of it I felt like just hard. But it's like they fake demand. I don't know about the fake because they use the in ears, not the drum line. Yeah, they do. What? Yeah. Who? How? The quad, like that whole quad feature where they're like ten yards apart. They have in ear monitors. They're listening through those. It's like fake demand. Well, I, I mean that in and of itself that's one is spot. it is in and of itself like a challenge to do that and use those in ear monitors. But all at the same time, it's not what you think it is. And like when the snares are like up on like the top and stuff, like they got in ears, man. My world is just completely turned upside down right now. But I will say, environmental demand was still there. Yeah. And he was very complimentary of it, and I would agree with that. The, they, they put themselves in a lot of positions on the field where they have to have a lot of trust in their members to be able to pull that off. That's um, like what Aaron said, too. Like, there, there was that spot in the show where the quads have that feature with the split stuff and then the Spock row where they're real spread out. And I told him, I was like, Dude, I thought that they uh, they changed that to where they were in a block. And he was like, oh, that's in case their in-ears aren't working. I was like, well, why wouldn't they just do that every night and not use them? Yeah, they had a show A and a show B. Because on semifinals, that Spock roll was the dirtiest thing I've ever heard in a finals yeah, week. Aaron it Bailey was probably was... one of the dirtiest things I've ever heard a drumline play. Uh, it's up there. Like a DCI drumline? Yes. Okay. Like I've, top 12... I've heard some high school groups. Well, yeah, all right. A top 12 DCI <laughs> drumline. That was the dirtiest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it was... And it was not where we Aaron were Aaron Bailey was cause... sitting there with us in the stands, and it happened, and all three of us looked at each other and just went... Put, like, oh. our hands in our faces. We're like, oh, they're, they're going to want that one back. That's not what they're going for. So he he also had... And I feel like Blue Coat's front ensemble was good. He was very he seemed to be very complimentary. And I, I've said before, I'm not the most knowledgeable when it comes to comparing front ensembles with one another beyond are they playing together. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Some of the things that uh, I made a note of, he said that... Uh, they, they handled back and forth trade off between marimba and vibe lines very well. Now, in those pods they were in, was there like a marimba and a vibe in each pod? I think so. Yeah. So he said, I guess yeah. like they handled they they traded off a lot of phrases between marimba to vibe, yeah. and he complimented them a lot on doing that very well. Basically, at the he did his recap at the end of the end of their show, like he did with everybody else, and he said that. The drumline finished the show very strong, and I agree. I think they the did. The last like minute and a half of that run and tape was very, was very good. good. And good. he gave them big props for that, and he should have. Um, he complimented the consistency of the front ensemble. I don't fully know how he could figure that out, being on the field with them being spread apart as they could, yeah. they were, but I'll take his word for it as being Jeff Prospery. So consistency in the front, and he loved their use of their drum set. And it wasn't something that ever really stuck out to me, but I... I'd be lying if I said I was really focusing on and trying to pay attention to it too much, but it never made me pay attention to it, I guess. But again, Chef Prospery, I'll trust him. Uh, did you notice their drum set at all? Anything about that? Not really, but I would notice anything else in the front ensemble before I notice the drum set, to be honest. So eh, me personally. That's fair. I just don't pay attention Usually, to it. Like, my- I guess to me, like if I if I'm noticing it, then it's wrong. Or they're doing something like ridiculous that just like demands your attention. Or like it's like a feature, yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah. 
All right, last tape, Blue Devils. I really only he really BD's finals run was the best of anyone's. Dude, they that we, nailed from, it from all those four tapes. Yeah, I haven't heard Vanguard. At least yet, we so. haven't heard Vanguard's finals tape. Haven't heard Cavies, but out of the four tapes we listened to, BD nailed their finals run. Dude, the end when he was out there in the field for like the last like two or three minutes, it's like literally. So like the only time they're moving and playing. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, it's like literally immaculate. I was just like, good for them. Pristine. It yeah. was phenomenal. Um, so just starting at the beginning of their show, the sixteen snares. There was a re-entrance. Yeah, uh, when where, they like, come in, I think it's the full 16 for the first time. Yeah, they that, that attack was bad, but it fixed itself very quickly. Um, it's like an eighth note pickup or something. The rest of that 16 snare phrase, I thought sounded great. Yeah, I was, like, I was you know, pretty surprised. We I dogged was... that all first part of tour yeah, on these podcasts. We dogged it'll it never and be said, clean. it'll, it'll never, never be, be good. <laughs> well, they just proved us wrong. So. Besides that attack, uh, now was it perfectly blended across 16? No. But was it rhythmically there, and did it sound good? Yep. Yep. It did, so kudos to them for pulling that off. Um, the snare feature, there was... I didn't even hear it, but he called it out. It's like a tap A couple inner beats yeah. somewhere. I didn't hear it. Probably should have rewound it and listened to it again, but I just... I think it was like basically what it was. It was like the first left hand diddle of a tap five. Like somebody crushed the pressure of it, and then it immediately and it fixed just itself on the right hand afterwards. Instantly went 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 way past my head, and he yeah. called it out, and I was like, "That sounded that whole feature sounded pristine," and it did. That feature yeah. they they nailed their snare feature, um, the quad feature nails. There was one little minor thing again. Yeah, I think I heard. I it. think those were like the only two things, and then the rest of the show he was just like, like great, yeah, awesome. Great. In my notes, after that quad tick I have written down, it's just a bunch of his quotes. Yeah. Great, wonderful, that's clean with four exclamation points. He did, this was funny to me, not funny, but when he was in front of their pit, he called out like, there was I guess two people playing crash symbols on one on either side of the front. Oh really? And he was like, uh, crashes between players not consistent. Like he said, one of them didn't have enough of a flam with his crash on his crash symbol. Like if you're nitpick, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that's not, if you're harping on that, your pit's probably pretty good. Yeah. Is that a fair statement? I'd say so. And I agree with him. They they had a great run. Uh, we, we dogged earlier on the demand of their show, but we'll... They achieved extremely well what they were given. Yes. Good for them. Yeah. There was something I forgot to mention about the the cadets tape. I don't know why he would call this out. Maybe there was just nothing else to say. Oh, it just, I know like, what you're it just say. like punched him in the face, maybe. <laughs> he called out a bead spot on one of their bass drummers. Like yeah. he was he wasn't playing perfectly in the center of the drum. He was like bass drum number what I don't remember which one it you was. Watch your, watch your beating spot. Watch I was your, just like, like really? what? <laughs> if that's what they're calling out, like I guess he probably just like looked up and just like it was right there, so he just said something. But it, it just made me laugh. I was like, he's calling out a beating spot, finals night. Of one of the bass drummers. That's, I don't know, it made me laugh. Alright, one other thing too that I was going to just kind of throw out there is just like the judge reads. Like getting a good read of a group. Like we mentioned, you said Prospery does his homework. Like he knows what parts he needs to get out there and be in front of the battery versus parts that are pit moments and check those. But I feel like in the stream of DCI, not just like this weekend, but also this weekend, like semifinals night, there were parts where the judge would stand there and watch the battery have a moment 
from like he'd stand like on the sideline just behind the pit and the battery would start to like backwards march away from him and he'd just stand there and I'm sitting there thinking, dude, get out there, bro. Like get in there. Follow them. And so it's just like they weren't really, I guess, getting the best reads possible just because they weren't being aggressive with like the the demand of the show and getting out there and some people do bad jobs of designing well, I guess in the design process, you're not really thinking like, "Oh, this is would be easy for the judge to get in and read this." So a lot of groups really no, they might. A lot of groups really hinder themselves, like with the ability to read. I think Blue Coats actually did that this year, like the ability to read a group because of this giant prop in the middle of the field that doesn't move. Yeah, that prop did not play out the way I feel like they thought it was going to. No, it allowed for some cool moments for sure. Yeah, but it being so big and so stationary and like immobile all, immobile a lot of the other groups like they had props but they move and like Lucas last year had all those props but like they can move and just having this big prop in the middle of the field like on Jeff's tape actually prosper on finals night there's one time where the judge where the drum line goes from side one I think into side two through the, through prop, the prop yeah and like he knew that they were going to come back through the other side, so he didn't really have enough time to go around it because I don't think judges are allowed to go through. They are not allowed to go through the prop where the members get are. on props at all. Or they on can't them. touch yeah. them. They can't do anything to props. Or, or go under them. Yeah. So he basically just had to wait for the drumline to come back through the other side. And he, he was just at one point chilling back there, like reading the reading the group. He's like, yeah, it's a good ensemble timing moment. I'm like, Dude, what are you talking about right now? He's just trying to kill time. I mean, he can't do anything about it. Like they ran away from him and he couldn't follow. And so he was like, all right, well, when you guys... He, he, he literally said, it's like, all right, here we go. And they came back through. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was good. He knew that was going to happen because, again, we said he does his homework. But, yeah, that prop did not work out probably the way they thought it was going to. Yeah. So and, the judges' reads for some groups are limited. I know another friend of ours talked about that with Blue Stars. Like, it was hard for judges to get out there with their drill and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so They didn't have a lot of exposed moments, period, Yeah, for the percussion section. But I guess that's kind of our rundown on our, our finals week, which was a lot of fun seeing friends. Oh, man. We like stayed out said, way too late both oh nights. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, high school reunion that never ends. It's yeah, like three basically. Days, three days long. It was a lot of fun uh, seeing everybody trying to get hyped up in the lot, which was a lot of fun. But I also still feel like it was way more tame than WGI lots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the lot crowd in general at finals was a lot smaller than I remember it being. I remember like only being halfway through the day looking around like, where's everybody at? Where's all the people? Like there, it wasn't, I felt like it wasn't as big of a lot crowd as it has been in past years. I guess I can't really say because I haven't been in the lot in finals since like 2013. Maybe? I was there in 2015. So two years ago was, was the last year that I was, that I was there and just remembering that. I don't think the lot crowd was as big. And maybe maybe everybody decided to do the lots on sun, on Friday for semis and then go inside for finals because they thought Vanguard was going to win and they wanted to be there to watch it and blah, blah, blah. But I think our formula worked out pretty well because the semis tickets were a little bit cheaper. Yeah. And then we still got to get the, the lot hype in finals. So oh, yeah. I thought that was I thought we planned that pretty well and executed our executed that pretty well. High achievement score. That's right. High achievement score. Well, I guess moving forward, uh, we're kind of out of DCI recap season. Um, Yeah. And the plan for us moving forward is to hook up with some of those friends of ours. That we're teaching or marching. That we're teaching or marching. There's a couple guys that we know that were on tour. We're going to try to get down and interview just about their summer experiences. Like just the whole 
start to finish of their drum corps career and this summer how it went and then some of the people teaching just being on that side of things Mm -hmm. opposite of the performers and how it was teaching and the kind of things you have to deal with um and then also just kind of catch up with some of those guys yep and we're gonna stick with obviously this did not happen this post finals didn't happen quite as soon as we wanted it to but like we said on the last one uh, some life stuff came up. I had an exam I had to take. So I think we're going to stick with uh, the formula of e- podcast every two weeks because my semester starts next week and just there's no competitive season going on. I, we don't want to get redundant. We don't want to beat a dead horse on anything. So We're both teaching fall marching bands, so that's kind of a big time uh, yeah. thing. But we're also going to, I think, try to hook up with some of the local uh, like high school percussion people and stuff like that and just kind of dive into like what differs from like kentucky percussion versus yeah other we're, states we're, and other activities and stuff and we'll definitely do an episode on that with a good friend of ours that's got one of the more successful groups um in the state but yeah so every two weeks thanks for hanging out again today Absolutely. Um, make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel that you are currently watching this on or listening to this on follow us on facebook uh, or instagram at just facebook.com slash aged out podcast or just look for Search for Aged Out Podcast on Instagram. Yep. Other than that, see you guys in two weeks. Peace.